Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. Uh, championship weekend is over. We have a very predictable Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. But we have a little Patriots news, too. This morning on MassLive.com, uh, Mark dropped a story that Karen and I helped out with a little, but it's it's mostly Mark's legwork here, um, on Mac Jones. And basically just what happened? You know, how did he go from this really promising rookie quarterback where statistically one of the best rookie seasons of all time to where he is at now, you know, a third stringer for the final game of the season? Mark, you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, you know, as the 2023 season started, Chris, um, you know, those first three weeks, they, they weren't bad for Mac. You know, their numbers were inflated a bit there. But, you know, after week three, he was top 10 in the NFL and passing yards and passing touchdowns. But then all of a sudden comes the game in Dallas and in, in the Saints where the Patriots are blown out. Mac doesn't look anything like Mac Jones. And something's clearly wrong with the Patriots and their quarterback. And, and around that time, I just I just started asking questions. You know, what what is going on with Mac Jones? What has happened to Mac Jones? And really, you know, after after that Dallas game, man, nothing nothing went right. So, you know, as, as Chris knows, I, I started asking around a lot about Mac and what was going on. And then, you know, Karen Gregan and, and Chris both chipped in and really together we discovered just widespread dysfunction inside Gillette Stadium when it came to Bill Belichick and his relationship with Mac Jones. Um got to the point as I was told that Bill wasn't communicating or talking with Mac Jones um, after he was benched. Um, for example, Patriots go into that final game of the season against the Jets. Mac Jones finds out he's going to be inactive when inactives were announced 90 minutes before the game time. And as I was told, Mac was so sort of upset about the lack of communication that he actually vented to a member of the Jets staff saying, hey, I, I appreciate how you handled how you've handled the Zach Wilson situation. And at that point, Diana Rossini at The Athletic reported the Jets already told Zach Wilson, hey, this isn't working out. We're going to trade you. We're benching you. And But they communicated with Zach what was going on, as opposed to Bill Belichick. He shut Mac out and Mac had no idea that he would be inactive or even why he'd be inactive. And, and really, Chris, there are a lot of layers to this story, as you know. So when it comes to the fall of Mac Jones, man, I think there's a lot of blame pie to go on, go around, right? Mac did not play and operate well when it came to players messing up around him. And, and as I was told that 
mentally Mac was struggling when the offensive line struggled and when receivers were running the wrong routes, Mac reacted in a way that he essentially freelanced and did what Bill O'Brien was telling him not to do, you know, throw across your body, throwing off your back foot. Mac essentially became a quarterback that didn't look like a quality or close to a quality starting quarterback. And really, I, I would say the fall for Mac was mental issues, but it was just compounded by a poor relationship with his head coach and really a poor constructed offensive roster. I mean, a lot of this we've talked about on the Ion Foxborough podcast, right? The offensive line, just a disaster. I'd say Bill Belichick failed when it came to building an offensive line, but even the receivers, everything got worse for Mac essentially after his rookie season. And it culminated with him being inactive in a third string quarterback, man. So yeah, everyone should go to mass live, read it. We, we worked on this story for, you know, a, say three months and really over the last month since the season's been over it's been dominating my life so i'm happy it's out there for everyone to read and i'm happy i can stop working on it i mean i really do think we need to take a second to acknowledge how insane it is that on the field at gillette stadium before a game patriots quarterback walks up to a jet staffer and says i really appreciated the way this organization has handled their quarterback situation that's nuts can you imagine like trying to explain that to somebody five years ago? No. And, and the sad part about it, Chris, it's it's like, it's surprising that when you say it out loud, but considering everything we were told about Mac Jones as this season went on, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising. Like teammates of Mac, I would say routinely stuck up for him this season, even after he was benched, like Mac lost, I would say this, players lost confidence in Mac Jones but they liked him personally. But players yeah. also recognized that the issues around the offense weren't just on one person. They were just widespread issues. So Mac Jones gets benched for Bailey Zappi. And the way he responded was showing up early, staying late, hitting the weight room, trying to help out. Like he was, like from what I was told, he was actively trying to say like, hey, I'm handling this the right way and I'm not a problem. So for it to sort of end with him inactive and no one telling him he was going to be inactive, I think, you know, it, it rubs some people the wrong way. And clearly it rubbed Mac the wrong way. And and I think, you know, this this also takes us into his future with the team. Right, Chris? Because, like, listen, so many things went wrong. I, I really don't expect Mac Jones to be back. I don't know how you can read that healthy scratch as anything other than an FU to Mac when Nathan Rourke, who had been there for three weeks, less than three weeks at that point, is the quarterback you elevate to the backup role. It'd be one thing if there was like a number three quarterback that had been working his butt off all year and, you, you know, Bill wanted to get him a game check, wanted him to be active, wanted like him to at least be elevated for a last game as like a, hey, you know, meaningless game, going nowhere, it doesn't really matter, but hey, great work this year. But for it to be Nathan Rourke, who they claimed off of waivers in mid-December, I don't know how you read that anyway other than like, it's about Mac, it's not about Rourke, right? Yeah. And, and I've, you know, I was trying to all throughout the season talking to players on how Mac was doing in practice. And I, and I think the way the Patriots handle their scout team quarterbacks, it's like, you don't want to read too much into like interceptions or, or touchdowns, but everything I was told is that Mac was trying to help out the Patriots, even if it was in a, in a backup role. So for, you know, one bill to stop talking to Mac Jones, but two to make him inactive. Yeah. It just seemed like a slap in the face. And as we got into the story, a lot of this stuff, that was that Mac Jones did that irked Bill Belichick. It started in 2022. Um, Mac Jones 
wanted, you know, Mac Jones wanted to stick with the Josh McDaniel system. And essentially Bill Belichick said, no, you know, we're going to a new system. We're going to operate a West Coast offense and it's going to be run by a former defensive coordinator by the name of Matt Patricia. That really, for me, was the beginning of the end. Mac Jones did have some pushback on that, as we reported, and that and that pissed Bill Belichick off. And listen, Bill Belichick is the type of coach he wants to hear. Yes, sir. No, sir. Right. He doesn't want to be asked why. And Mac Jones even told us, Chris, like to the media publicly, when coaches would tell him to do something, he'd always want to know the. I think he would always say, I want to know the how and the why. Now, compare and contrast that to Bailey Zappi, who is a yes, sir, no, sir type player. I think you see why in the end, Mac Jones wasn't a good fit for Bill Belichick. There were issues in 2022 with the way the offense was being coached. Mac Jones would question it. And ultimately, it ruined his relationship with his head coach. So Bill hires Bill O'Brien to help Mac Jones. Don't, you know, let's not get it twisted. He wasn't trying to ruin Mac Jones. He was trying to help Mac Jones by hiring Bill O'Brien. But when Mac Jones started to freelance and started to do things that Bill O'Brien was telling him not to do, I think ultimately Bill Belichick became frustrated and sort of wiped his hands clean of the situation. And like, I understand being like, a yes, like, yes, sir, no, sir, to a certain degree, like when things make sense, you know, when Josh McDaniels is running the offense and you're like, oh, okay, you have this track record of success, yada, yada, yada. When you start getting orders like that from like Matt Patricia and you're like, I don't think this is the right way to do this. I, I don't really bemoan any players now for being like, why am I doing this? I think that's a general like human, right? If, if you're a human being, you're like, okay, like tell me to do this. Why am I doing this? Okay, that makes sense. I'm going to go do this. You know, that's pretty like base level, like cause and effect, like why you want to do anything. The Patricia thing though, it's just like all of that. Even when you're describing like, oh, yeah, they're pivoting to a West Coast offense. They want to change some things. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Patricia is going to be running the offense. It's like, OK, you had it up until that point, And then it's like, what are we doing here? You know, I don't think Mac is the only one that was saying why. <laughs> I think right. that's a much wider spread issue. And, and, I, and I think a lot of it had to do with the coaching. Like, as you know, it's been reported in the past when, you know, the coaches in 2022 would have tell Patriots offensive players to do something. And they would collectively be like, all right, if we do this, and the defense does this. How do we respond? Patriots didn't have the answers. And we saw in 2022, it was a disaster. The offense was really predictable. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting to look back, you know, at how bad things got in 2022, Chris. And I don't I didn't think it could get any worse. And suddenly it did. And really for, you know, Mac Jones and the Patriots offense, what happened was players everywhere were just playing really Poor. Like, like the offensive tackle situation, something we've dived into a lot, like the right tackle situation was just awful with the, with the amount of players the Patriots tried to fit there from even 2022, like Yadni Kajust, Marcus Canning, Connor McDermott, Isaiah Wynn, Calvin Anderson, um, and Venerian Lowe. Like, it took all that for Bill Belichick to finally be like, you know what, let's try Mike Uwenu, who looked pretty good there in 2021. So I just think... Like Bill Belichick, where I think he should be criticized is like, listen, the way he handled Matt Jones, the way he handled Matt Jones and him not speaking to him is sort of whatever, you know, he was clearly done with him. But I criticize Bill Belichick when it comes to evaluating his right tackle position and how we went about trying to fix it. Because in 2021, it was fine because that's where Trent Brown was and Isaiah Wynn was at left tackle. But as soon as he moved Isaiah Wynn from left tackle to right tackle, a spot he never played before, it fell apart for the Patriots and it was never right. And I think having a young quarterback the worst thing you could do is make his offensive line worse. And for Mac Jones, Chris, the offensive line got worse after 2021. It never got better. And I and I think that just they're like small things that happen that ultimately led to Mac Jones, um, you know, not developing. Right. And like there are so many moves that 
like off with the offensive line, you could try and justify as one for one where it's like, oh, they didn't want to pay Shaq that money. So they traded him. Right. Maybe you re-sign Ted Karras. That's a different story. But also then you wouldn't pay for Ted Karras. You try and draft Cole Strange. You don't have the right tackle answer. Like when you combine them all, it's an absolute mess. And yeah, I mean, flipping win, too, is another move that just kind of felt like an FU to the player. Right. It's like you're not getting left tackle money. We're moving you to right tackle. You're going to try and do everything backwards now. And it's going to be even worse. You know, it's going to be terrible. He went from like a serviceable ish left tackle to a atrocious right tackle. And you think about like the personnel moves from 2021, 2022 and what it, and what it did for the team as a whole, because if they re-sign Ted Karras, he's your left guard and you're not drafting Cole Strange. I mean, maybe you're drafting Trent McDuffie, who's like a Pro Bowl cornerback, right? At the end of the first round there in 2022, they created a hole so poor that they needed to reach for Cole Strange at the end of round one in 2022. They wouldn't have had it. They wouldn't have had to do that had they kept their offensive line intact. And then, you know, you take Mike Uwenu, who was playing well at right tackle. You move him in at guard and say, all right, he can replace Shaq Mason. And I would say I agree. Mike Uwenu is a fine replacement for Shaq Mason. But by moving him from tackle, you created a hole at tackle. You know, it's just like right. all these things piled up. And then we get into the receiver position. Right, Chris? Like, that's one thing. Like, all right, Patriots, historically, you could say, well, they don't always go out and find the big-name receiver. But I would point out, Tom Brady did have Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman for a large, trunk of the second, large chunk of that second half of the dynasty. And when the Patriots lost Gronk and they lost Julian Edelman, they didn't necessarily replace them with players near the caliber, right? There was Jacoby Myers, who was the best the Patriots really have had after Edelman left. And Jacoby is not a number one receiver. He's, he's, a, he's a good number two. And I think another thing you have a young quarterback, you need to surround them with better weapons. And the Patriots tried. It wasn't from like a lack of effort. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Gusecki thinking they would be, be upgrades. You know, they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round because they thought he could be a game changer. But the, none of the moves worked. And it, and it sort of adds to another le level or layer of this puzzle of, hey, this hurt your young quarterback because his receivers got worse along with the O-line. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you have a quarterback with like a limited ceiling to begin with, and then you're surrounding him with mediocre personnel. Like, what did you think was going to happen is sort of like that. Within the story, you also had some new reporting on Germany. Do you want to share that reporting with the class? So I'll be honest, I what tipped me off about something was up with Mac in Germany is just my binoculars. Um, I'm watching this drive and I believe it was in the fourth quarter. And Mac got hit. It's the same. It was the same play where like Connor McDermott got hurt. He suffered a concussion. And later in that drive, I think it was after he threw an interception. Mac, when he was running off the field, his right arm was slumped down. And I immediately jotted down in my notes like Mac Jones hurt question mark. Now after that game, Chris, as you remember, Mac Jones is in the X-ray room. So I'm yeah. thinking he has an issue to his throwing shoulder, right? an issue to his arm. Something was off with him. Um, however, Mac said that he had a bruise on his back, which to me, it didn't quite add up. Like, all right, maybe they thought he had a back injury. But come to find out, I, I kept pressing this and trying to find out what was going on. Max suffered a stinger in his throwing arm in Germany in the fourth quarter. It was the same drive where he was intercepted in the end zone. And everyone who watched the Patriots knows what interception I'm talking about. He had Hunter yeah. Henry in the in wide open. And Mac, like, he throws off his back foot and just throws this awful pass that was easily intercepted and really at that point i think it was a breaking point for a lot of people the coaches players fans like all right this guy stinks right but what people didn't know chris is that you know he was dealing with a stinger and from what i've been told when you have a stinger in your arm you can't feel your arm it's like pins and needles 
So Mac was dealing with something there in Germany that on happened on the same drive where he threw a really, really poor interception. And then after that, he goes off the field. You know, his arm is clearly hurt. He didn't immediately know from what I was told that he was going to be benched for Bailey Zappi. For everyone who remembers, Bailey Zappi replaced Mac Jones for the final two-minute drive and then throws an interception. Chris, as you even saw, Mac Jones went up and like fist bumped his offensive lineman after he came off the field following the pick. Mm-hmm. And I was told he expected to go back in. One one source who was on the sideline at that time told me it was a weird situation because there was an expectation Mac Jones was going to go back in the game, but he didn't. And I think that was just another example of two things. One, there was an injury, but but two, the lack of communication around Mac Jones and the coaching staff was off, especially you know at a point like in Germany. Yeah, in hindsight, the stinger makes sense because he had Jasicki wide open on that. And he'd been doing the back foot thing for a while. But this one was so underthrown that I remember immediately thinking that's the worst interception I've ever seen him throw. And like he's thrown some bad ones in 2023. But that one, it was like, oh, my God, it's not even close. Like you I I don't know what's wrong. So that makes sense. But I do think largely it speaks to like the sideline dysfunction too, that you still don't even communicate with them. Right. (laughs) You know, who even knows like what the coaching staff was looped in on if his shoulder is like messed up and he's feeling it that way. I mean, if it's something you could spot in the press box uh, with binoculars, you should probably be able to spot that on the sideline too. And the communication breakdown is just like one constant theme that it feels like there has been, just ever since the Patricia thing, really, but it intensified this year and just hit like a whole different level. The situation in Foxborough over the last two years just wasn't conducive to developing a young quarterback. And and Mac isn't like coming away scot-free in this, Chris. You know, as we no. were told, there were there were issues with Mac too. There, you know, coaches on this staff criticized him. They thought he lacked in leadership. One of the things we were told is that, you know, coaches thought Mac, you know, should have yelled at his teammates more. And essentially they, we were told that Mac was trying to be one of the boys. He was concerned with being friends and being, you know, one of the boys with his teammates. But when guys are running the wrong routes as a quarterback, you need to get on them. For example, when Tom Brady was here and people ran the wrong route, he would light them up in practice. He would scream at them. They needed to know, Hey, you did this wrong. and You're going to hurt me. So when Mac, Mac Jones drops back and someone doesn't run the right route or they run the wrong route depth. He needed to be on them. And that just wasn't happening. And on, on top of that, yeah, he did show some resistance to change when it came to Bill Belichick trying to change the offense. So he also deserves, you know, deserves, you know, some stuff there. And, and obviously some of the throws he he made, Chris, it's, they're inexcusable. So I don't I don't think Mac Jones has come away completely scot-free. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast throughout the course of the season, you you know my feelings on Mac's performance down the stretch. And <laughs> we, we had some battles on that. But I mean, the, the communication is just like something that's been highlighted a lot and, and deserves to be. And that might be part of the reason why, you know, with the Patriots looking to break another young quarterback in, you know, they want to break one and they don't want to break him. I think that could be part of the reason why they moved on from Bill, like the totality of the situation. But is he the right guy to shepherd a young quarterback? He wasn't with Mac Jones. And he certainly was not the right guy to, you know, build an offense around. As we saw, like the problems with the Patriots offense and went beyond quarterback as we've been talking about offensive line, you know, receivers. And, you know, one thing that hasn't been talked about also is like the Patriots sort of did away with their receiving back. And I thought that kind of hurt Mac in the quarterback position as well. Like when you had a James White or Shane Vereen, things were just a little easier on third down. And I understand Ramondre Stevenson can catch passes, but I thought going away from that, like scat back that, you know, third down back, I thought it hurt the Patriots and I thought it was just unusual. It's interesting that he never even had a James White type, really, where his first year it was Brandon Bolden because White got hurt. And Bolden was good in that role. 
and I think showed the value in that role. And then, yeah, it's like you said, they just were like, nah, I don't know about this anymore, but still had Ty Montgomery on the roster for most of the season. So figure that roster management out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Kind of wrapping up this story, you know, it ends with the Patriots are not going to pick up Mac Jones or they don't plan to pick up Mac Jones fifth year option. I think it's kind of a no brainer, right? Like why would you give him $23 million a year or whatever that number is going to be at this point? But also that like he has a clean slate with Gerard Mayo. He um, will like could be on the roster next year or if someone offers them like a good pick, they're also listening. So where do you see things with Mac moving forward now? Yeah, I think ultimately Mac Jones gets traded. I like like you're right. He has a clean slate and there's a chance he could be back with the Patriots next year. But like really thinking about it, I, like I think me and you both expect the Patriots to sign a veteran quarterback in free agency and then draft a quarterback at three. And at that yep. point, if you want Bailey Zappi to head into this season as your number three, I think that's fine. I also think Mac Jones will have some value on another team. We saw this past year, there were dozens of teams who used backup quarterbacks. It was kind of ridiculous throughout the NFL. And then we saw the importance of quarterback depth. So I think there'll be another team who looks at Mac Jones as a project and says, hey, yeah, I'd like to have him in my in here in my team on my quarterback depth chart. The one thing I've learned about Mac Jones is that players like him personally. He works really hard. He's not a bad teammate. He's a, he's a good guy. He just, you know, he, he didn't react in the way he needed to react to really build off his rookie season. So ultimately, yeah. The Patriots are not going to pick up his fifth-year option from what I was told. It is projected to be somewhere around $23 million. The official number hasn't been out yet. I think it leads to the Patriots to trading him. The one thing I could say I say I would say though, in the event where like no one wants him and your only offer is a seventh round pick, maybe he's back. Like it's not a bad thing to have more quarterback depth. Like if you want to keep Mac, let him compete, play him in the preseason, and then someone wants to trade for him, then I, I could see that. But I think ultimately he's on a different team in 2024 and who knows, maybe one day he starts again. As I wrote in the story, a name he told his source inside the Patriots building was Geno Smith. He realizes that he might have to be a backup for a long time, but he hopes to start again. And that's what Geno Smith did, you know, in, in Seattle. So who knows, Chris, maybe, you know, Mac is starting somewhere once again. I just, you know, it's not going to be in New England. So, yeah, I, I expect him to be traded at some point. Yeah, I think a trade makes sense. Um I mean, I think if a team offered you a four, you would take that in a heartbeat. A five, you would probably listen pretty hard. A six, you'd be like, eh, maybe still do it at this point. Because I think, you know, the change of scenery is just needed for everybody. And I do think that somewhere I think he'll be a fine quarter, uh, fine backup quarterback. You know, I think in the backup role, he'll be okay. But I just, I don't really see him as a starter. Um, may, maybe he goes the Geno Smith path and we're looking like at a starting quarterback in 2027 or something. But right now, just based on everything we've seen, I think, you know, kind of is what it is at this point. Yeah, agreed, you know, and fresh start will be good. You know, for, honestly, a fresh start will probably be good for everyone in the end. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for following along. Go check out that full story at MassLive.com. There's even more stuff in there that we didn't get to. And we'll catch you guys further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.